Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show about overcoming adversity and making a difference. Your host, Philip Rampisa, interviews guests from all walks of life to help you succeed. Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show where we give you all the tools that you need in order to achieve all your goals, whether this relates to finances, your career, entrepreneurship, or relationships. We do this to inspire you and to fuel your dreams so that you remain inspired and you move towards achieving your goals. Who knows, the one thing that you hear from our show can change everything in your life. And so today in this show, we're going to be talking about how you can succeed in your career and find that place in your career that allows you to move forward and create the kind of success that you want to achieve. I'm very excited because I've got the right person on the show. I've got Renate Landman, who is a facilitator, an executive coach, and an inspirational speaker with a wealth of experience in terms of career building and achieving career goals. Renata, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Philip. So let's talk about this important topic of succeeding in one's chosen career. What, Mm. based on your experience, what are the characteristics or attributes that make people successful in their careers? So I think, Philip, the the number one thing <laughs> is so obvious um, and yet uh, I think it's underestimated. Uh, so it really isn't rocket science and the it really is do a great job. Do a great job. Wow. Um, and and give look to what you can give look to how you can go the extra mile look look for how you can add value because it's the people that go above and beyond that really are concerned with how do i add value how do i do more than just the bare minimum bare minimum that's required of me in this job um and you know related to that if i think about uh, google's research in uh, the research project they started in 2012 project aristotle where they were concerned with what makes a great team and it took 2 years of external researchers um, looking at teams to determine what were the factors and it wasn't about personality or background or education or anything like that the top thing was about psychological safety and i'll speak more about that later but um the second most uh, important thing that they discovered was dependability, which, you know, that we could have predicted. Dependability means, do you do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it? You know, can people depend on you? Because that makes you somebody that people want to work with. That makes you somebody people can trust and rely on. So can we depend on you? Do you do what you say you will do? Who are you, who are you who you say you are you know do you and and you know at the minimum do you show up on time do you communicate if there's an issue and you won't be able to deliver on time you know I work with groups and organizations every day of my life and the number one factor is just I need to talk to this person about uh, the fact that they don't deliver um, you know, and it might even be that my boss doesn't do what he says he'll do. People don't return emails on time. They don't do the job on time. They don't, uh, you, you know, deliver according to the deadline. So be dependable uh, and trustworthy 
and uh, and honest, have integrity, all of that kind of thing. But more than that, look to do more than just the bottom line. Don't just tick the box. And I think the other thing, Philip, is people need to get real about where their true heart lies. So, you know, there is absolutely no shame for somebody, let's say a woman working in an organization who honestly, the job is not her main concern, her kids are, and the job is a means to an end to feed the children. You know, get real with yourself, but then connect <laughs> the job to what wow. is your hire, you know? So we, because I see in organizations, people say, oh, she's not ambitious, you know, she just, you know, she's, she's, she's more interested in her children. That's fine. But then if she connects the job to the children, in other words, if she does a great job, she might be promoted, she might have more money to support her children. But then don't don't judge her for not being ambitious because that isn't, it is a means to an end. And, they, you know, there's a time and place for that. So, you know, people who are working to support their families and the family is of a, more of an interest. But in order to, to be successful in anything you do, you need to do a great, great job. You need to be dependable. So I would say those are the first two characteristics. Now, Let's get clear about what it takes to love your career or your job. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so what is love? That is the question. And how can we love our job? You know, sometimes if it, because, because it's not possible to love your job all the time. So if you think about our, I think our only experiences of true love is with our children and with our pets. Now, with children and pets, we know what does it entail? It's not pleasurable all the time. You know, the kids give you sleepless nights when they're babies, terrible twos and threes and tantrums, private school fees, teenage years are just the worst, you know. So there's a lot of pain, but there's also a lot of pleasure. There's a lot of positive, there's a lot of negative. And we have the same thing. We get infatuated with jobs. We think, oh, if I could just go and work at that company, if I could just get that job. And we get the job and what do we discover? There's pain and challenge and a downside to that job too. So the dance of love, if we use the analogy of the dance of love with our significant others, it's the same with our job. But the dance with our significant others goes, I love you, I can't stand you. You make me feel wonderful, you irritate the living daylights out of me. I want to be with you forever, I don't even know what I'm doing this marriage. You're wonderful, you're awful. And it goes backwards and forwards, which is pretty much what lovemaking is all about, right? So, <laughs> um, what I want to say is if, when it comes to our work, if you want to love your work and your career or your company or what you're doing, you have to make allowances for the fact that it will not be peachy and wonderful and supportive every day. It will have positive and negative support and challenge, pleasure and pain, easy and difficult, success and failure. It will have both sides of the full quantum experience. The law of polarity is demonstrated to us in the universe um, but we don't want it in our lives. For every night, there's a day. For every winter, there's a summer. You know, for every ebb, there's a flow. When you go to gym and you pump iron to build a muscle, what you're actually doing is you're breaking your muscle fiber. There is no build without destroy. There's no construction without destruction. So we get to work and what happens? We get challenged. There are difficulties. There are things that are painful for us. And then we say, oh, no, this is not for me. I can't be at this place. Let me leave. And we become resistant and resentful instead of embracing the fact that every time you're challenged, every time there's pain, every time there's something negative at work, that actually that's just a perfect opportunity for you to build and grow and develop. That's what those challenges are there for. So just like if you do not challenge your muscle with a, by pumping iron at gym and then your muscles sore afterwards, 
it will not grow stronger and more resilient. So it's about the mindset of appreciating the fact that your expectation that your job will be peachy and wonderful every day and that your boss should be peachy and wonderful every day is unrealistic and that is the source of your pain. So the secret to loving your job is to make a space for the positive and the negative, the pleasure and the pain, the support and the challenge and know that it cannot be any other way. You can job hop as much as you like, but when you arrive at the new job or the new career, you will discover that whatever you were in resistance to in the last job was actually just shows up in a different skirt or pair of pants in the new place. So the challenges are the part that we need to learn to embrace the painful parts of our work uh, and the things that like really kind of uh, um, leave us downhearted. It's about reframing that and learning to embrace those things. Um, learning to love your job is about having gratitude. Just what is there to be grateful for on a daily basis? Count your blessings in that job or career. That's going to make a huge difference. And then when the challenges arrive, when the bullies arrive, when the difficult people arrive, when the, the, the failures and the, and, the, and the angst and all that stuff comes along, speak up because your silence is the thing that's going to kill your career. And what the silence often does is it, it builds up like a pressure cooker and ultimately leads to an angry explosion, which I call violence. And that's also career limiting. So for the people that know how to speak up, how to, how to go and, and talk and make people aware, they will get much, much further because um, they'll be able to address and sort out the problems instead of just sitting there stewing in resentment until they have to leave. Wow. I don't think there's anything else to say after that. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone, remain inspired. Do not dare give up on yourself and your dreams. Thank you for joining us. To consult, reach us, or subscribe to our newsletter, please visit www.philiprampisa.com.